I gotta rewrite this story. I gotta take the pen, I gotta put it back in my hand, I gotta rewrite my story. And it's not gonna be the sob story about the kid that's been chasing his dream for the last 17 years who went from being a cop in a squad car to a WWE superstar in the squared circle who had to fight, he had to fight to get to the top, to earn a WWE championship opportunity only for the story to take a turn on him. For his body to give out on him before his heart. For him to get injured, then replaced, and then forgotten. Listen, man, I get it. That injury, I know it cost me everything, but I refuse to let that be my story. No, I got the pen in my hand, and when I put that pen to paper, the paper is going to read, Ali becomes WWE Champion, and I don't care what anybody has to say about it, because the pen is in my hand and not theirs. I don't care if that person's sitting next to me on this ground. I don't care if he's up there in the sky. Nobody is writing my story but me. And if that pen that I'm holding, it should run out of ink, that's all right, because I'll use my own blood to finish writing this story. Because mark my words, Ali will go down in history for his story. Shane, I know you plan on addressing me on SmackDown Live, so I figured I would address you right here, right now, because I have this overwhelming need to tell you that as a human being, I consider you to be nothing more than a disgusting, rotting piece of garbage. But I actually think you're even worse than that as a businessman. Because we know what's about to happen. SummerSlam's right around the corner. And before we know it, you're going to announce yourself in a match at SummerSlam. But when you do that, why don't you put yourself in a match at SummerSlam against me? You know, because SmackDown Live has been a one-man show for far too long now. And Tuesday nights have become nothing more than a vehicle for you to, to come out and tell everybody how great you are and, and to feed your own giant ego and for you to belittle everybody around you. And, and quite frankly, I can't take it anymore. It makes me sick. It makes me want to throw up. And I just can't. It, I just can't take it anymore. So how about this? You take this match at SummerSlam, Shane. And if you beat me, I'll quit. I'll leave. No, I know that I can't make you stay, but where's your heart? But where's your heart? But where's your
see you lying next to me with words I thought I'd never speak. Awake and unafraid, asleep or dead. Welcome to episode 165 of the Hoots Podcast, right here on Anchor, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, anywhere you get your podcasts from, especially here live on YouTube as we're recording it live on a Thursday. It is July 25th, 2019. NFL training camp has started for a lot of football teams. Uh, next week is the Hall of Fame game. Uh, football season's back. It's my favorite time of the year besides WrestleMania season. Uh, welcome to the show, everybody. My name is Joshi. You can follow me on Twitter at the Hoots Podcast and on Instagram at JoshiLopez94. I'm alongside Adam Daly. You can follow him on Instagram at AdamDaily13. What's going on, brother? Josh, what is going on uh, this week? What's up, man? Busy on both ends. You have <laughs> no idea. <laughs> you have no idea. I, I totally cut myself off from the world the past couple of days just so I get caught up on work and, uh, just, dude, it's 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 crazy. Doctors' appointments, dentist appointments, uh, and the like, that kind of stuff. So, right. Um, I have a little show thing that I wanted to mention here before we uh, get to the plugs and all that stuff. Um, for those who know that uh, do shows like this on YouTube and Hangouts, um, they announced that next Thursday, August first, is the last day they're doing the Google Hangouts. I kind of hope it's something like they did this last year and then they ended up keeping it on for a couple more months. I don't know. This is our main base of how we record the shows uh, for the last, I don't know, six, seven months. And um, I'm thinking uh, we're, we're still going to do a show. It's not like we're going to be taking a break or anything like that. But if there's a week or whatever or two where our audio's not like it is right now, uh, we have different ideas of how we can go about recording the show. Uh, there was times when Adam returned to the show that I had him talk on the phone, and I had the phone next to the microphone that I'm holding right now, you know? <laughs> so uh, we'll, we'll figure something out, but I, I, I know Hangouts are going away, but this show is not going away. So, again, 
Shout out to everybody who gave us uh, a shout out on Friday when we dropped the podcast. Uh, Sam, our boy Alex Rodriguez. Shout out to all you good brothers and good sisters who are checking out the show. You guys are fucking awesome, and we appreciate y'all. Yeah, Aaron understands the the morning piss coffee bliss. He gets it. Yes, he does. <laughs> <laughs> He's a good brother, man. <laughs> I forgot to bring that up last week. That's it. And I totally whiffed on it. I felt so bad. Um, besides the busy work schedule you're going through, uh, tell me what's going on, my man. Listen, here's here's what's funny. And I wanted to, and this is, I, I like to teach people through my own like comical uh, life experiences. That that way, like you guys don't, or never in a, in a position that I am, because I'm always thrown in some strange positions. But and this is kind of, I will tie this in with wrestling when people talk about all oh, the doctors are clearing somebody, but WWE won't clear them or they, this won't clear them or whatever. Right. I, I found out very in a very hard way this week that like there's some doctors did like when I say they don't give a fuck, they don't give a fuck. Um, so to put it out there, I, I've been going to the same like primary care physician, PCP, whatever we call them now in, in uh, the United States, uh, which is this is so this is going to be so domesticated to the United States right now because the rest of the world is going to be like, what are you? this is going to sound bonkers, our medical medical system over here, but. Make a long story short, I only ever seen seen a pediatrician, and then transferred in the same same office into uh, the doctor that I've seen my entire life. Finally switched doctors. Um, and it's amazing, Josh, the difference that you see, like the care, and when when you switch a doctor, like right. uh, when they actually care about a patient instead of just trying to throw pills at them all the time. But so in the process of changing doctors, right? I um, I'm you know, had my medical records sent over for my primary care. And I've had a lot of stuff done in, in life. Like, like, listen guys, I've had like scarlet fever, scarlet Tina. And if you're wondering what the hell is scarlet Tina, <laughs> you're right. I don't even know. And I had it right. Like we're talking it's mid eighties, like AIDS was still a thing too. So, I mean, you know, let's show you how long ago that was, but, yeah. um, like it's a, like scarlet Tina sounds like something from like an old timey Western, you know, like straight off the Oregon trail. And that's the only place that some of these diseases came from. But like chicken pox, like just surgeries, like I, you know, like I feel Joe, like it's all this stuff done, dude. There's no medical records whatsoever, other than like them hooking me on like a, a benzo. I mean, you guys are familiar with what I with the, the a couple of years ago. I was you know something, but uh, I've been on a benzo for like 15, 16 years for anxiety, and and finally, I'm you know I'm taking the correct steps to get off of it because mm-hmm. uh, I'm in, a, in the right stage in my life to where there's no, no stress. I got all the kind of like negativity out of my life and it's, I feel good enough to like get off this stuff. Um, cause I'm not going to be one of those like, you know, accidental overdose type people that are really taking it like the doctor gave it to them, you know? Right. Um, and nobody should be on a benzo, but if you're taking a benzo, like get off of it like quick now, you know? Um, so to make a long story short, so I, I finally found a doctor that actually cares about, you know, but all the dude, all this stuff that I've had, like, um, um, like I had, I had a big lump removed from my like nose. I got a giant scar. I'm like Joker, man. It's like, you want to know how I got these scars? I can make up any story. I mean, <laughs> like, they literally were like, you, you have nothing, like you really have nothing in here other than, um, they had you on a benzo for, for mood, for anxiety for like 16 years. Yeah. So nothing else. So it's been like a runaround of like calling hospitals, other doctors' offices. Keep in mind, like some of the hospitals that like I've had stuff done in have been closed for like decades. You know what I mean? Like this is this is like how ridiculously old. So to anybody like that, they don't. I know we don't want this government-run health system or whatever, or I don't want the government having my medical records. I'd like somebody to have my medical records, you know, like <laughs> it's like playing a wild goose chase of like, Oh, well this doctor retired. So all the records are gone. Like, okay, cool. 
uh, I need them. You know, I was, uh, when you start getting precancerous moles, they need to, you know, that's information that needs to be passed along to other physicians. Um, so our medical, I'm realizing how screwed up our medical system really is now that I've switched to a a practice that is showing that they actually care about a patient. Um, but that's the difference I think, because I was living in suburbia versus living closer to the city now too. You know, I know people don't like to hear that because it's sounds like it's playing like elitism versus whatever, but you know, you get, you have more options in a city. You don't have, you don't have to stick with, you know, where I used to live in Beaver County, you're with one network and that's it. You have basically a choice of like one grouping of doctors, no matter who you go to, they're doing the same thing, tossing you pills and shooing you out the door, you know? Um, and they wonder why, uh, you know, mortality rates are just dropping like crazy in that County, but yeah. neither here nor there. Um, yeah, man, it's, it's just, so if you listen, if you're unhappy with your doctor, make the switch and make sure you got your medical records before like somebody retires or dies or they tear a hospital down because you'll just never have, you'll never be able to get that. Um, which furthers my, uh, Josh furthers my, my theory that I am in fact was just made in a lab somewhere. And just like my mother yeah. like purchased me and was like, there you go. There's the money for, for whatever this lab creature is going to be. This is going to be an interesting test subject. And I was just, yeah, you're, off. you're in like a chamber or something. Yeah. I was just, you know, I was just pushed off. Like this one's flawed enough for human consumption. Let's see. Let's see how this one be a fun one. So, oh, man. But yeah, so that's been my week, uh, tossed in with obviously work and parenthood and, and then, you know, dentist appointments and just dude life. So when you all, when you're all complaining, Oh, I got to go to work today. Cool. By the way, I want to, <laughs> cool. I want to give a shout out to uh, Killer Cross. Uh, he uh, had one of the coolest like Monday motivation like uh, thing he put on Instagram, where he's like, for the amount of people that whine about like having the case of the Mondays, you know that type of thing. I guess that's the thing now. It's a feeling. It's a symptom. I guess the case of the Monday. Oh, they're bringing office space back. Like, yeah. I work seven days a week, so I don't. There is no case of the Mondays with me, but um, me either. <laughs> but um. It's it's like you brought up a great point. Like you you're you don't realize how much time you're wasting on bullshit. Case of the monies is not a real thing. You're like wasting your fucking time. Like you, you really are. Um, going back to your doctor stuff, man. Um, there's just some shady doctors, man. There's there really is. Uh, you gotta do your research. You gotta know about what is really bothering you and go about it and find the people in your city. That's actually going to help you fix whatever you're going through. Um, I mean, I've seen it with family members that have dealt with shady doctors and misdiagnosed this and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, it's, it's not cool. It's, it's not. Well, here's the funny part is like, like, and whatever, we're all adults here. Maybe mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't know who's, who, who's listening to the show, but um, <laughs> so for my 37th birthday, like my, my 37th birthday present was I got, I got finger cuffed by a doctor. I had to get a colonoscopy and an endoscopy. You guys can insert joke here. Now here's one thing that I know. I know that in my cerebellum, I didn't create this fantasy where some gentleman that looked like Dr. Wiley from Mega Man was, was, was finger cuffing me as a birthday present while listening to Pink Floyd, because I have, I'm a huge Pink Floyd fan fan. The same guy that gave me an endoscopy 15 years prior, still listening to Pink Floyd. So obviously this dude not only has a type, but a musical preference. And, and I know these things have been, there's no medical records. So like I go in, I'm telling this doctor all this information and then he gets the records and they probably think I'm a loon. It's like, listen, these aren't things that you can, you know, obviously, but I'm 
to make a long story short, you know, I'm piecing some of the records together, getting something, you know, whatever. But, um, yeah, it shouldn't be that way. Number one. So if you live in America like that, kind of get, get your records, get them now, get them to the proper, make sure that your doctor has all your medical records. You'll need them later in life. And I'm not, I'm, I shouldn't be like, you know, uh, you know, nobody ever told me that like, oh, I was always gonna have to keep tabs on my doctor to make sure he had my records. I thought that they would call you to make sure that, you know, but you typically used to be vice versa, but um, yeah, make sure you guys got all your shit together because like, you never know when you want to change doctors in one day or, you know, even if you request copies for yourself, get all your lab work, make sure you have copies of all your, any x-rays that are done. Like now I, I've learned my lesson the hard way. So I'm, I'm keeping hard copies of everything going forward. Right? My, uh, doctor stories are kind of, um, pale comparisons to Adam's. Um, my doctors are always never been like, finger cuffed yet, man. No, they treat I, you I, good. I don't, don't want to think about first. that. Cosby yeah. style, <laughs> you know. At least, but you know, though, so it's not Cosby style. Uh, Huxtables. <laughs> um, no, uh, my doctors are always surprised with the lack of alcohol and like drugs during my system. Like they they get surprised because of my age and stuff. You know, like yeah. I, I I'm for those who don't know, I'm straight edge. I I don't drink and I don't do drugs, so. Um, there's, there's like a lot of doctors that stereotype at times <laughs> too, at the same time, like, Oh, you, so you never smoke. You don't do this. Yada, yada, yada. I, the, I, every time I have a doctor's wife, they're always surprised, uh, either positively or neg- negatively that I don't smoke or whatever. So. Well, I think it, it became yeah. easy too in this country, Josh, because doctors, it, it, their jobs became easy because they never had to diagnose a problem. They just had to throw, throw a pill at it. You know, right. um, and I, and then people, it became normalcy, it became acceptance. And it really, this decade, we're finally starting to see the damage that like the late nineties, early two thousands really started to put on, you know, um, when it came to the pharmaceutical industry and, and the, you know, the dangers behind basically any of those fucking drugs that you could put into your system. Not saying that there aren't people that need them, not saying that they don't serve a purpose, but, right. um, by no means do I think of like after being what I've been through on a couple different things that a primary care phys- physician should ever be able to prescribe any sort of antidepressant, uh, SNRI, SSRI, um, uh, you know, bipolar medication, uh, benzo. I mean, there are certain controlled substances that should only be, um, done by a specialist only. And what I thought, what else I thought was interesting, Josh is like, when, you know, my main goal for like finding a new PCP was cause I wanted to get off this benzo and my doctor wasn't helping me. And the only place they sent me uh, was at like a clinic that I was like, listen, I want to wean off. Like I want a, a set program so I can get off of this stuff. And they're like, well, we, we can't treat you then because we, you either have to stay on it or it's, we're, we're just not going to treat you. It's like, well, this is nice, you know, because the problem typically is that people are too many people are asking for for this shit, right? So yeah. when you have somebody that's coming saying, "Hey, I don't want this anymore," you know, please help me, like begging, like please help me get off of this stuff, and you have to say, "Nah, can't do it." You either have to stay on. You have to admit that you're addicted. It's like, like no, I'm, I'm. Otherwise, I wouldn't be telling you get me off of this shit. <laughs> Yeah, I'm saying it for a reason. You just can't go cold turkey. Anyone listening, if, if you're taking a benzo, do not go cold turkey, man. Like the biggest thing is um, seizures, uh, and, and like, and that, like I've had a couple different doctors in the past couple of weeks because there was a concern that that was going to happen. Um, it was very well aware. Like if you start to feel withdrawal system, symptoms, go to the emergency room because you, you will have seizures and, and there's a good chance of death. I mean, benzos aren't to be fucked around with, and, and doctors were handing them out like crazy. This country's kind of mad, but we can like it's and. And, and I don't mean mad in an angry way. You guys know what I mean. It's 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 insane that um, um, the power that uh, the pharmaceutical industry still has, and why I tend to go with a more natural um, way to deal with 
<laughs> to deal with ailments. I guess that's the easiest way of describing that one. Right. Um, there's no easy way to transition from doctors to wrestling. So, <laughs> so funny. What doctors uh, finger cuffing you? Yeah. You think I'm not busting finger cuffs out when we got Jane Silent Bob reboot. It's been all week long references, brother. All week. <laughs> Watch them all um, the other night. Well, I guess there's a wrestling tie. Uh, never forget uh, JR's um, colonoscopy uh, segment they did. Oh God. <laughs> that that's this this is my segue to um, AEW announcing their um, uh, official launch day for their television show. Um, they announced it yesterday uh, during the afternoon, Wednesday, October twelfth, beginning at uh, seven uh, p.m. October second, right? Time. Huh? October second, I believe. Yes, October second, Wednesday, October second. Um, yeah. So the the week uh, that SmackDown's having their twentieth anniversary, uh, their first show on Fox, AEW's having. Uh, their show start on October 2nd. It's going to be from 7 to 9 p.m. Central, which makes it 8 to 10 out there in the East Coast. If you live anywhere else, figure it out for yourself. Um, this show is going to be on TNT live from the Capital One Arena in Washington, D.C. This is the biggest venue that AEW's uh, performing. Uh, I've looked. I looked it up, the seats, there's more seats in this one than they had at the uh, MG, MGM Grand Garden in Vegas. Uh, this is definitely a bigger arena than the one they have in Hoffman Estates um, <laughs> for the Sears Center. Um, so uh, they they have the press release. Uh, I'm looking at it right now. And they talked about they're going to have shows. It's not going to be one place every single week. They're going to go to different cities. I, obviously, this has been well known. They're going to do this for a while. I, the couple takeaways I have from this, from a positive standpoint, is I'm glad that they're doing this on a Wednesday night. I, I really am, actually, because there'll be um, a break period for WWE fans uh, after Raw during the fall. So you have Raw Monday, um, uh, AEW on Wednesday, and then SmackDown on Friday. Oh, that's right. So, for me, from a transcription point of view, and as a general wrestling fan, it helps me out. It's based on the time I have for transcribing, I don't know, four shows a, a particular day to maybe, like, two. Like, it, it, it dims down a lot, so it's a good thing. Uh, and also, you know, AEW has a night to themselves. I. I know people are saying, oh, they want to possibly have NXT uh, counter-program AEW on FS1. There's no further news on that. That's just been rumor and speculation right now. Um, but at the same time, this, what, what are you competing? You have you have an NXT show that has their own commercial breaks on the WWE Network, an hour show, uh, to AEW is going to be a two-hour show, which... You know, there's been some back and forth conversations. Should AEW be two hours? I don't know. Uh, what did, What do you think about that? But you're two hours. You're already putting in about a, a half of a half an hour in commercials, so you're you're already down to ninety minutes ish, like maybe a little less than that. So, I mean, I don't see why they couldn't do it. Um, I I think that and Josh, this is stuff that you and I have had this conversation uh, a million times, just yeah. not on air. But I, I've always said I think that when it comes to, to stealing young talent is what it's going to come down to going forward. Your best bet was the, the WWE isn't their competition. I understand NXT is under their umbrella, but NXT is what AEW really, that's the true. If you, we want to compare two, those are the two you want to compare 
NXT and AEW. Not not SmackDown, not Raw. You want to compare NXT, AEW. That's where you're getting the young, up-and-coming talent, some vets mixed in. Not as many vets, obviously, on the NXT side, but when you're talking about fan buzz, when you're talking about just, just everything in general. And that's where I think you have competition because, okay, they're both on Wednesday nights. Yes, one's on the network. You can watch it anytime. But that's also a lot of people have DVRs, so it's it's a moot point that way. Um, right. I, I think that in, in the end, it is going to be if you're, if you're that guy um, that you know that you're going to have to go through developmental first or you have a chance to go to AEW and be on network television, what are you going to do? You know, and right. I think that is, and, and we've all, we've, 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 Joshua, you and I have talked about this enough. And now we're just kind of talking about it more, you know, because now we're, it's, everything's official and, and stuff like that. Um, yeah. So that's where I see the competition lying. I, you know, everybody wants it to be like WWE versus AEW and it's a big thing because fan, you know, fans are going to make it that way because they want, they want to feel like they're on a side. They want to feel like they're a part of a, a, rev, a revolution or a movement or, or you know, whatever. Because it, it was the same when NXT first started with the takeovers and everything. It's the same kind of buzz, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, amplified a little bit, absolutely, you know. But this is where I think the true competition is. And it's not in programming. It's not in – it's in, okay, so here's where we're at. Here's where AEW's at. Here's where NXT's at. You're a young man or woman that's coming in. Which Where are you going to go? And then, then that's when you start to get the future, you know, and I, and I get that there's a lot of people already tied up in WWE systems all around the world, but not everybody is, you know, there's a lot of really excellent talent out there like Roy Johnson, uh, that, you know, (laughs) that, uh, would probably do very well on, on television, you know? Um, so I, you know, I don't know. I, I, I don't know. Uh, that that was my takeaway. Um, was the instant while well, you know it's even though it's not head to head, I get it. It's it's just kind of I for, I totally forgot though that SmackDown's moving to Friday. Yes. So for I, I'm gonna okay selfishly I'll admit I kind of like the idea of Monday Tuesday Wednesday getting wrestling out of the way so that way it's just done for the week. Um, maybe like having one show day off, one show day off, it kind of gives you time to like, you know, get caught up. It's not, they're not as jammed together. Might like that idea too, you know, with, uh, you kind of got WWE, then AEW, then WWE. So it's a nice little like, you know, flip flop during the week. Um, I, it's, it's just, it's cool that there's going to be another wrestling show. And I, I know we get New Japan. I know we get Ring of Honor. I know that, you know, I'm not, I'm not saying that we don't get these other programs, but there is just something that feels different and big about this. And, and perception is reality. And right now the perception is this is going to be something big. And until proven otherwise, realistically, it's, it's big, you know, it really does have a big feel to it. So, well, I, I obviously think that TNT is also playing a big part of them actually having the show at, at a basketball arena like this. Absolutely. Um, and TNT is going to do their part to give them bigger venues along the way. I don't know if that's the case. I, I I don't know who AEW's tour manager is. I know the Khan family owns AEW, the business end of it. So um, maybe that's something fi- they figure out down the road. That's something. That's another um, thing that can be broached down the road. I'm just curious. You know, like when when are they going to get to the point if um, ticket sales don't go well, yada, yada, yada. But I think TNT is going to help them out, out, out of the gate, so I'm not really concerned about that. I think um, that's – it's a good trial and error, though, because then you can kind of gauge where – what you can charge, uh, how many seats you, you really need. You know what I mean? I'm sure this is stuff that they've already done probably studies on studies on studies that there are 18 steps ahead of anyone that's talking into a microphone like you or I. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, but I would like to think that they already kind of have an idea that maybe they have – 
you know, um, not every show is in a big venue, but they have shows that are in venues the size of like full sale. You know, I don't see, I don't have any problem with that. You know, if the weekly show generally was in a smaller arena, but then every once in a while their, their show is, is every once in a while it's in a larger arena, not that it's on on paper, then, you know, it's going to be an exciting show for whatever reason they could set some gimmick up or, or whatever, you know? Um, and again, I like I was saying earlier, I think it's cool that you have three primary uh, wrestling nights, and that's mm-hmm. a night could be all about AEW if you want it to be that way. Let know? me get your opinion. Mm-hmm. I, but, okay, so like, how do you feel about Friday being one of those wrestling nights, though? I don't mind it, and and it's actually an improvement from what I actually had to cover on Friday nights. And, and again, I, I want to make this clear. I think impact has been improving over the last couple of months. My issue with what impacts doing is that they have their shows from 10 to midnight, your time on Friday nights. Uh, that, okay. That's just dumb. <laughs> I actually wouldn't mind. I wouldn't mind that. Um, um, but having SmackDown on Fridays, I just think it's good because you already, getting, you already have the production stream out there on the road uh, you're not rushing from one town to the next. I think it gives uh, uh, the, the creative team some more time to figure out what they want to do before the Friday show. I don't know. I, I think it's a. I don't think it's a bad thing actually. To be honest with you, I almost would have taken Thursdays over Fridays, and here's why. And, and I'm, I know I'm I'm a nobody, but the demographic that that really matters are obviously little kids. But it doesn't matter. A weekend day is a weekend day. It doesn't you know when you're a little kid. Mm-hmm. But that eight, you know, that I don't want to even say eighteen, but like that 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 sixteen to, to thirty five demographic, you know what I mean? Um, for somebody that's out of that demographic now, the majority of the, the time in that demographic, you know, until I, I became a father, uh, you, I wasn't at home on Friday night, you know what I mean? Like I was, I, I was never watching SmackDown live, you know, when it was aired. So my concern is that. Because ratings is all, and, and it's not my concern, obviously, but I am wondering how it will affect ratings. You know, um, again, it doesn't matter. We, we consume this in so many different ways. It's really just a landing spot so that it has television time, and I understand that. But with that said, this fall, when you have Friday night football games, what's SmackDown's ratings going to be like when you have Friday night high school games? In that, yeah, that, and now, and now we're talking about that youth demographic, the demographic that really, really kind of guided the Attitude Era. And I'm not trying to make it out to be the Attitude Era, but stuff's getting a little edgier. Things are kind of like, let's, let's see what we can do. And it is pleasing a lot of fans out there from young to old. But the target demographic, especially what AEW, if you, if you listen to what they keep saying, they know that they have to get that, that young, younger demographic for, you know, kind of first. If, if you get them, you get a fan for life. You, and there's loyalty in wrestling. So when you have your show on, again, you're, you're, you're launching SmackDown Live. It's going to be great. It's going to be on Friday nights. And when we launch it, you're going to have high school Friday night football, and that demographic's going to miss out on it every week. And they're going to be f- not forced to, but they'll probably choose to watch AEW. You know, if they're going to watch two wrestling shows a week, maybe it used to be Raw on SmackDown, but now it's Raw on AEW. Maybe that's where some, you know, they, they do steal some viewers. I, and maybe I'm overthinking it too, again, because of how we consume, you know, all this stuff. But because ratings is always the big talking point, I just want—I I thought you know of that variable because Friday nights, even when it's not football season, Friday nights typically you're going out. You know, I, I don't know, Josh. Like, what do you what do you think? Like, not me per se. I'm in, I'm, I turn forty this year. I could give a shit less. <laughs> <laughs> Every day is, is exactly the same for me. You know, it doesn't nothing changes for me. But 
Um, this is my point of view. I, and I think this how I'm gauging how things are right now. It doesn't matter whether SmackDown's going to be targeting 18 to 34s on that show because no matter what WWE does, their brand caters to two to all of the age demographics. AEW's not established brand yet at this point. So like you said, they'll need that younger demographic and they they're building their fan base from the ground up, right? It's not all the way there. They're not the biggest wrestling company in the world. They're making good strides. No, they're, they're the cool company though. Remember, they've been sold they're, they're, they're they've been sold and I know WWE sold in hot topic too, but that, you know, uh, whatever's hip and what's trendy and what, whatever, a lot of times that matters. And I think that time, timing no, is everything, right? No, I get that they're the cool wrestling fad right now. But my bigger point is when it comes to SmackDown and, and just what WWE is doing right now, they already are established brands to the point that they can do what they want, whether it's for the 18-year-old demographic or the kids or the older people. They have that. AEW has to go for the younger guy, for the younger fans, because they don't have any other fans that are there. See, I, I disagree with that. I, I think that they have the hardcore fan base, you know, um, and like that's important. You know, it's important to have the hardcore fan base and it's important to have the younger demo so that you're you're investing in the younger demographics so that you earn a fan for life. Because then when they're you're like me and then they become parents, you know, their, their chances are um, their kids have a greater chance of being fans. And, you you know, you create a whatever, whatever, you know, it's just like um, – being a you know Raider fan or a Steeler fan or a Bears fan or you know whatever, I just Josh, I just wonder if Thursdays would have been better because to me and, and again I'm a different age demographic and I don't I don't really watch TV, so I don't know but it just seems to me like Thursday is a much softer um, TV night and and I don't want to hear well the NFL's on Thursdays because the NFL ratings on Thursdays are putrid you know and it's always games that people allegedly don't want to watch it's always games people complain about nobody ever allegedly watches them anyway. Um, I just, I'm, I'm concerned about it. I'm over oh, the weekend day, the XFL field. Cause they try to do it on, on Saturdays in the middle of summer. I'm, I'm sorry. That's a big part of it. You know what I mean? Like nobody, it's summertime, man. Like nobody cares about football and that. Like, right. I, 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 dude, I wouldn't watch the Raiders play right now on July 25th. You know, it's summertime, man. Like it's, it's not, I'm not ready for football, American football. I'm sorry guys, American football. But, um, well, I, don't know, I just think third, I, I, I don't know. And what, what the hell do I know? Maybe I'm just looking for a replacement for Gotham on Thursdays, but yeah. Uh, I haven't heard anything about them originally wanting to have SmackDown on Thursdays. I think Friday has always been the plan since they made this deal with Fox because Fox has been looking for stuff to put on on Fridays. And I, Fox has been shuffling in and out shows a gazillion times on Fridays. So, and it's and they not, like their contact sports on Fridays too. That is something Fox does. I, okay, I can see that. Yeah, so, again, but the bigger point is, again, we could consume and debate about what's right and what's the right or wrong way to market to certain people. At the end of the day, you have three shows a week. You could consume, you could decide yourself how you want to consume those three shows if, if you want to consume all three in the same week. So it's really going to make, make it fun. <laughs> it, it's, here's where I, th- I really feel like it's going to make it fun, too. And whether we want to... Or, or at least from a fan standpoint, and I don't know how much of this is going to be going on, but when we t- we, we uh, there's been a lot of talk of counter programming lately. From from you hear it, that's the big that's the big ca- the the big tagline now, right? Counter programming, mm-hmm. counter programming. So let's say that they're let's say they're they're doing that. Say they're always playing a game of one-upsmanship. 
the, the ultimately as fans, we're the, we're the ones that, that are going to benefit from this because you'll have raw on a Monday night. All right. AEW. And cause I don't know, is it going to be a tape show or a live show with AEW? No, it's live. So, okay. So we got three live shows. We got one popping off at WWE. AEW can say, okay, I see what you got there. Here we go. Here's what we got on a Wednesday. And then you have WWE trying to one up that what they did on Wednesday on a Friday. So you kind we kind of constantly, whether I'm not saying that you should try to counter program, but it's a great way to kind of start to stand out a little bit. And there is going to be some one upsmanship, I think going on. There would almost have to be a little bit, right. To make it fun. A little bit. Um, I think they even teased why Billy wasn't there on Monday, right? No, or Billy Gunn wasn't there. They kind of teased about it. They said Billy's not here. They didn't. Uh, Road Dog forgot about him. I guess that, that was the thing. Um, no, I, I I think that once AEW gets their uh, foot, that they get wherever the expression is, but like once they get their feet wet uh, on television and they have like five months of actual television going on and they have more storylines and pay views going on. Again, then that's the part where you can start trying to one up people. Uh, I, I had a conversation with a buddy of mine uh, last week who was a big WCW fan, and he told me that he wants AW to make sure that they try not to do what Bischoff did uh, in WCW. If like their first week of shows are, oh, we're not WWE, and this is why you should watch us, then you're just WCW at that point. <laughs> I, well, they're, they're not starting in a mall, so that's a good thing. Well, that, that yes. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I don't know who's wrestling's Lex. I don't know who's this era's Lex Luger, so I don't know if he's going to watch that, right? So. Let's not open that can of worms, man. Right. <laughs> All right, let me read something from the press. <laughs> let me read something from the press release really quick. Um, focus on fast-paced, high-impact comp. Uh, competitions. A- AEW offers fans more athleticism along with real sports analytics. Uh, Tony Khan is the analytics uh, guru for the Jaguars. Um, wrestlers are also given freedom to explore their characters and highlight their athletic abilities. Uh, introducing statistics to wrestling for the first time ever, AEW will raise the stakes for its matches and deepen fan engagement by tracking each competitor's wins and losses as wrestlers pursue championships. Their move and damage to their opponents will also be analyzed on air to provide insights into their winning streaks. Okay, let me just say this really quick. I don't need Alex Marvez to tell me why somebody's Mishinoku driver is why he's on a winning streak. I just think that's weird. I don't know. What do you think about that? So that's like the new feature on like your favorite EA sports game or like on 2K every year. That like it's like, oh, this is – look how awesome this is that I just shut off and I pretend that it's not there and I just play the game as usual. Um, I think that's what this is for me, what that is for me. And not saying that obviously I'll, I'll follow the storylines, whatever they're talking about, point system, damage system, whatever. That's cool. It's fine. Um, it's a, I've always said it's a live action comic book. It's, 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 it, it, I liked when Kenny Omega said that he uses the V trigger almost like he would use it in a video game. Cause it, in a way it's, it's a simulated fight. It's, it's, you know, um, I, I get all that. Yes. Sometimes I think maybe you can overdo it. Now I'm not saying I'm I'm still going in very very um, open minded with however it, it shakes down, but I can already tell that's something that I'll warm up to as it goes along. Because right now, as it's being explained, 
again, that's the game mode that I'm going to turn off because that's not for my generation. That's the, you know what I mean? Like, I don't necessarily need that, but maybe that does appeal to that, that, and I use like, I use 16 to 35 just because, you know, that, that demographic, and I know it's 18 to 35, whatever, but you know, but with a TV 14 kind of rating, you kind of, if they were going for that, I don't know what they're going for. You, I'm going to loop in 14 and up, you know, just, just because, um, because they can, so. Well, I, I was a young kid watching um, Beavis and Butthead in uh, yep. Celebrity Deathmatch when I was seven. So <laughs> I grew up and That's people what I grew up with. Some people aren't going to get these references, but I grew up watching like Stripes, like uh, Weird Science was a, was a big movie uh, that that we got a lot of use out of the Revenge of the Nerds movies. You know, yeah. um, Animal House. I mean, it's just stuff like. You know, I mean, when, when you're when you're young, you're watching stuff like that. That's why Josh, like with the Lion King coming out, and I know it's getting a lot of pub. You know, I, everyone's like, "Oh, isn't it?" I never watched the original. I was already past cartoons when they killed Optimus Prime and Transformers. I was done. Y'all yeah. ruined me. <laughs> Y'all ruined me, man. <laughs> man, I, I don't know how to feel about uh, keeping track with records and stuff. I'm just thinking about from a writing point of view from my end. Um, from the fan side, I, it's it's an interesting concept. It's it, it sounds it, it it sounds to be honest a little complicated. I'm not gonna lie. I think I think there's gonna be a conflict of interest. I really do. Not with the guys who are in the uh, championship committee, whatever they're calling themselves now. Um, but I, I feel like I'm getting two different vibes from what the Young Bucks want to present and then what uh, Tony Khan wants to present. And I think it's cool that they want to do this as something that's different and out of the box, right? But we were we were talking about this a couple of weeks ago. Remember about how they were going about releasing uh, how they're doing their matches and this mm-hmm. and that. Right now, AEW needs to worry about establishing what their characters are and not who's winning or losing or how many five-star matches that they have on their shows. Like, you, if you're having this new company, we need to know who your roster is. We know who Chris Jericho is. We know who Cody Rhodes are. We know who the Young Bucks are. I, I get it. Tony Khan loves those long wrestling matches and this and that, but you have to establish these characters first. So I don't know why statistics and analytics and I don't know. It's 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 very odd. I, I just, it's not meshing right now. It's it's. I think like, he, he, he said that he's not going to do intergender wrestling. Fine. I get it. You're the owner. If that's something that you don't want to do, cool. Yeah. But he's also mentioned that the edgy elements that everybody's looking forward to is only going to be displayed on the pay-per-views. So is AEW third a week just going to be long wrestling matches and then maybe a highlight package here and there? I don't know. It's I, I'm not going to I'm not going to assume what it is. But again, if if the young bucks want to have AEWB the variety show and Tony Khan wants uh, AEW to be a closer version of MMA what's it going to be? Well I think that's kind of the charm right now is that we don't know what it's going to be right I mean it's it's kind of the um, it's kind of like the what's in the box thing again, not to go back to what's in the box um, and my bar, my Marty box should be coming this week from Blackcraft so or whenever they start shipping them out but um, <laughs> cheap plug there for Blackcraft and, and the villain but um no, man, I think that's the charm of it is not knowing, you know what I mean? Because again, when you, when you, 
go to when you give up too much too quick too fast then the audience settles too quick and then it it just feels it feels like it it doesn't have that newness it doesn't have that edgy edginess right so i i don't i and in a in a way for all we know josh like i used to like you you're kind of getting two different vibes um i mean i i've heard a lot of the stuff like like i, I heard chris jericho uh Think it? W- I, I don't. Shit, I don't know. I, I don't know what it was on. So I'm. I'm sorry. I'm terrible for for citing stuff. I think it might have been busted open. Might have been inside the ropes. Some one of them. But um, he was talking about how he he knows that they have to. There's a lot of characters that they have to build up, and that's what they're working on, and you know stuff like that. So I think they're aware of that. Um, I think the 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 point system and whatever strength system and everything else that they're they're you know going to put in. I think that's going to help initially build people. So like sh- people like Shima that, that did just wrestle, uh, 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 whatever 20, like, I mean, you know, about whatever with, you know, that those are where those appearances are important. So that once they do have a mid card title, that those are stats that you can toss around. So I think it's something that once we see it in action and kind of get a feel for it, it'll probably, it might feel a little more natural and organic. I, I just think the presentation and, the explanation is going to be what's important. So who, whomever is delivering, um, you know, when they're explaining the first couple of weeks, are, I think are going to be important. So, so that way people understand um, that system that they're choosing to go with. Because if people don't get that, then it's going to be – it will be a hard follow. You know what I mean? Like, Or we'll, we'll still watch. Now, when it comes to like the promos and stuff – I think that they still know that they can get away with the ed- a little bit edgier stuff online through social media, and, and they can kind of watch what they say a little bit on TV, just like WWE does. You know, sometimes they get a little more outside the lines on social media, kind of you know, and they they're told to scale back or whatever. Which is, I'd rather see that you know um, than have somebody do something on TV and then never be allowed to have like a, a, a mic to kind of go to go free with a little bit, you know? So I, I don't know. Well, I think it's going to be a little bit of the same that way. Well, here's my thing. Like, I feel like um, having a serious wrestling show and you want wins and losses to matter. That's fine. I'm, I'm used to that already with new Japan pro wrestling. Um, here, the only difference is new Japan doesn't do actual television shows. It's just like an actual pay-per-view every time they have a show. Right. So <laughs> there's no promos. You have like five undercard tag team matches a show. And then whatever's the marquee attracts for that particular show. Ring of Honor is a little different. They do promos here and there. I'm just curious to see where they're going to go about this because I don't know if you're going to catch the casual fans' eye if you're just going to be doing long wrestling matches and the promos that you can already see on their YouTube channel, you know? Well, that's that's something, too, is that, you know, maybe they are going to make the, their weekly show. And, and you're right. Maybe it is going to be uh, 75% wrestling, 25% storyline, you know, where I typically like it flip-flops, you know. Um, but – because AEW does tell such a story through social media because they can, they can go outside the bounds, you know, a little bit more. Um, now how's that going to affect once they do have sponsorship and stuff? Like I don't, I, I, I don't, I have no idea, you know? So I think Josh, I, that, that to go back to it, that's, that's where the charm is right now because, you know, we, we've always, we're critical of a company if they're too predictable. People are critical of a company if they're um, not predictable enough. People are, you know, so in a way, this is not just having this total um, cloak of, of vague kind of like they're, they're telling us what they're doing, but we don't really know. And it hasn't been explained and it hasn't, you know, they're just kind of telling it. 
is is overwhelming as all of that sounds because as a wrestling fan, I just want to watch wrestling. I want to laugh. I want to like get mad. I want to boo. I want to cheer. I want to laugh some more. And you know, I kind of like you know whatever it is. Um, you know, when you when you start to incorporate all this other stuff, lean us into it a little bit better. You know, but let's get to the show. We're still three months away from the show. Two and a half months right. away from the show. So, I, I think you would agree with me with this, right? You you think they should at least have a more established idea of what the commentary team is going to be and what their roles are going to be because the last couple of shows, the commentary has been all over the place. I think that's something they'll work on. I mean, I think they, I, I think it's cool. Justin uh, Roberts, the ring announcer. I think it's cool. He does a good job. I, I have no problem with that. I need to know whether JR or Excalibur are going to be the play by play guy. If you had two play-by-play guys and Excalibur's trying to do the radio thing like I am where I'm typing out, uh, I'm saying all the moves that are going on in the ring and JR's like in the background because Alex Marvin's got to get his two cents in. I don't know. It's just it's clunky right now. It's I, I will admit that's been my only true criticism of AEW so far is the and commentary. That's been my, my criticism too. Go ahead. Yeah, yeah. It's, I mean, but but again, we still have two and a half months for them to kind of like sit down and iron out. Okay, how, again, how are we going to present this once it's on TV? Because right now they know in a way, um, the probably the fan, not all, but you know, a lot of the fans that are watching probably aren't paying attention to the commentary anyway. You know, right. um, because we are the there, they have that hardcore fan base. They have, you know, they're still not on TV yet. So it's, they're really getting the, the passionate fans and then the passionate fans whom they're telling to watch because it's, yeah. again, it's the cool, young, hip, upstart, you know, and, and that, that does kind of go, uh, that, that, it, that does go a long way. And, um, I think when you have still a couple months to say, okay, let's really figure out now that it's on television, how can we make it so that it's easy for the average consumer to digest, not just the internet fan that is, it doesn't really matter because we can go on a podcast like this and make jokes and nobody cares because you know what I mean? Like it's, it's, it's in a way it's, it's kind of, um, I think they know that's where they're at right now. Um, but I think it's something by the time it, it, you know, again, and I think it's familiarity too. I mean, I think JR is still getting familiar with a lot of the talent, especially a lot of the younger talent, probably getting used to, uh, calling shows with Excalibur and Marvez. I mean, it's, I think there's just, um, you know, practice, you know, nothing, nothing is instantly perfect, especially I think I've always been a firm believer that a commentary team has their, it's either good or it's not. The chemistry is either there or it's not. And, and I, and, and that's with any show anywhere. Um, your best commentary teams have always been able to play off of each other. Cause it's almost like they're in their own head. Um, you know, whether you, whether you love them, hate them, whatever. Um, Byron Saxton is so good at what he does because him and Corey Graves know how to play off of each other as well as they do. And, and Tom Phillips too. I mean, they're, they're a great team together. Um, you know, just like on raw, uh, Michael Cole, uh, Renee Young and Corey Graves, a fantastic team all, all, all the way around. They kind of know, you know, and, and they can get to that, but it didn't happen overnight. You know what I mean? There was a learning process. There was growth. There was shuffling around a little bit. And, and then you, you finally find the right fit. So I think that they're, they're still just getting to that point. Because ultimately, Josh, I, I think that as important as commentary is to people like you and I, and, and I'm sure there's some other people out there that, that commentary, that, that love a, good, you know, a great commentary team, some people just don't care. You know, so I think it, it's it's more about building the characters first, which is what they're trying to do, than building, than than cementing and, and really figuring the commentary team out. Uh, I could also be way wrong because I'm I'm usually wrong, ninety nine point nine percent of the time. <laughs> um, 
this is something that I'll have to deal with because uh, for me as a wrestling fan, I got hooked in the business uh, due to JR's commentary. So it's mm-hmm. always been that way for me. This is something that I'll have to deal with uh, personally. Um, let, let's move on really quick because um, oh, dude, no, that makes sense. It drives me nuts that there's a lack of great managers. You know, I love when, when you grew up and Bobby Heenan's one of the reasons why you fell in love with the business, if not one of the main reasons. Obviously, he tra- you know he kind of made a transition over to commentary later, but it drives it, it does. I wish there was I, I the lack of the lack of utilization of a manager drives me insane because you know obviously we have Paul Heyman right now yes but without him and Zelina Vega um you can there's just a couple but, but they're used to you used to have like five or six like solid ones man like solid 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 guys um you know men and women alike so I would like to see the manager you know I'm just like you know you want this to be kind of I want to see some managers you know right um let's talk a little bit about make managers um, great again make <laughs> Let's not have anything attached to great again. Please. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. So today they had their uh, conference call for the uh, second quarter uh, financials for the WWE. Um, my thing is when they when I find out whether the stocks were good or whatever, I always like type in WWE on Google because they always show you where their stocks are at, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, it said it went plus 5% today, so I guess it's a good thing. I don't have all the numbers right now. We don't, we don't have the time to do <laughs> break down all the numbers or all that type of stuff. But uh, Vince actually was talking today to the people in the conference call. And um, he um, brought up uh, him signing Eric Bischoff and Paul Heyman, right? So I'll, I'm going to read this, and then I'll let Adam give his thoughts, okay? Uh, Vince was asked about Bischoff and Eric Heyman. Uh, Eric Heyman, Paul Heyman, jeez. <laughs> he said, again, that allows him to not be in the weeds any longer. He, again, did not name them, but he said these two people have a long, have a lot of long-range and development range in the business with extensive backgrounds. He touted their organizational aspects, their death in working with talents and writing for talents. Vince said the hires will be really good for the business regarding how much latitude they'll have Vince says they'll have a lot because the hires will allow him to have a broader overview of everything and allow him allow him an escape from getting in the weeds again. Um, the second part he said over here uh, regarding the content uh, the content expanding, Vince said they will get a bit edgier, but they'll remain in the PG environment. He said something they'll do more controversy with better storylines, but at the same time, they're not going back to the edge there. They're not going to do blood and guts and things of that nature, such as what is being done on our new potential competitor as a reference to AEW. Vince said they're just not going back to that gory crap that we graduated from. Vince said it's a more sophisticated product, attracting much better writers and better management, things of that nature. And Vince uh, feels really good about the content expansion of, like you were mentioned earlier about them going a little more off the cuff than um, having restrictions, I guess. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, that that would be nice. I Well, I, as you were talking, I pulled up uh, WWE stock and I uh, kind of looked at it and it's up, it's up uh, 5.95, it's up 8.6%. Uh, but here, I, this, dude, this actually kind of like I, I don't pay attention to stocks or whatever. But um, I mean, WWE stock right now is the lowest it's been in uh, in over a year. Uh, it looks like, and at, 
April 24th, it was trading at $98 and 50 cents. And then just like, it just had a big drop and then kind of has been dropping ever since. And now it's down to 74.68. So up or down, uh, you know, you compared this to a couple months ago, in a way I'd say what happened. I mean, I know they're up, you know, they're back up like $5 on, you know, whatever they're at 74.68, but I mean, they were trending up, trending up, trending up all through, you know, all through April. They were up to $1.98 and 50 cents. And now they, they, well, they've been dropping ever since that last week. So what happened at the end of April going into, going into May? You know what I mean? Because it seems like there was like a, um, like the levees broke. Well, they, they, from what I got, what I got from what I looked at earlier this morning, cause they usually do these conference calls at like nine o'clock in the morning or whatever. So, mm-hmm. um, they said the biggest drop, drop off was in merchandise. Um, merchandise went down 20%, I think this past quarter or $18, whatever, whatever the term is. Can I give a fair criticism? I'm not, I'm not a stock expert. So (laughs) can I give a fair criticism about their, about merch? It's because their t-shirts are uncomfortable as hell. I would much, much rather buy something from Pro Wrestling Tees, something that came from Pro Wrestling Tees at Hot Topic, or something from, uh, from Blackcraft. And that's not me being like, oh, fanboy for whatever. Just the, the actual, the, 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 the material well, the design, is so much more comfortable. Too, though. What's that? The designs could be better, too, though. For WWE? Yes. Yeah. No, totally agree. Listen, they're too big of a company to not have any imagination behind their shirts whatsoever. You know, um, I don't need a shirt that just says Joe, 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 Joe on it real big. Like, you know what I mean? Like you can come up with something real smooth for Samoa Joe, um, that would, you know, that would fit them. They, they do. I think they kind of over, um, a problem I think that I have too, is that the shirts that you can customize on there and get in different colors, um, I think would be uh, an easier sell. But like I said, the, the biggest complaint is you have to wait for them to be, you know, you have to wait for them to come. Um, it's not something they have on, you know, in hand all the time or on hand all the time. Okay. Um, they're all, and the surprising thing is they're always running great specials, like a buy one, get one for a dollar, you know, 30% yeah. off, 40% off. But at the same time, the, the material is stiff. It sucks. It's it's horrible. Well, not only the material, the prices for the stuff. Besides, mm-hmm. well, well, the exception when the the deals you were mentioning a couple of seconds ago, but uh, the designs are hit and miss sometimes. And um, you know, I, was, I as we're talking about, this, we also have to understand they've had like a four straight year where they're topping their record revenue. So I, there was going to be a, a, a down period one way or another. Yeah, that's also that's also a good point. Um, so um, I, I just think that merchandising can help. Um, maybe some people weren't getting into uh, certain towns because you know you had that drop off like we have after every single WrestleMania season. So, um, when was what was the date of the first pay per view after WrestleMania? Was uh, it in late April or early May? No, it was in May because it was. Um, oh, that's right. Because sometimes they do a late April one, but it was early May this year. Yeah, I think it was Backlash or something this year. Something and like that I don't know. When was Moxley's podcast on Talk Is Jericho? Uh oh, actually, Money the Bank was in May. That's right. what it was. Yeah, um, the Moxley interview was in the middle of June. Okay, so, okay. it was right before the Stompy Grounds pay per view. Right. So it already been, but yeah, when I looked at the six month and in the year, uh, the year trend of it, um, it it does look a little interesting but listen stocks are 
I, I, I don't know much about the stock market either. I, I, I know a little bit enough to see what's up, you know, trends different stuff like that, but I don't um, get that deep into it. But I just, I'm, I'm not going to lie. I was shocked to see that it was almost at a hundred dollars a share. Um, not unless $75 a share isn't bad. I'm not, you know, but it just, it, it just does make you think a little bit, you know, cause it was slowly, it was still going up and up and up. I mean, and you're right. It was going to have to hit a point where it was going to go back down, but, um, but it just, it doesn't look good on a graph. The, the big, you know, the, the quick drop just doesn't look good. Well, they're expecting a big leap in uh, quarter three because they're, uh, they're introducing a new interface. I guess they changed some things up with the network uh, and like their infrastructure of how you could view the network and making it easier for people to navigate what they want to watch and stuff. I saw a little clip of it. I got the press release about that. Uh, you, if you want to watch a particular wrestlers matches and stuff, they'll have that for you on the app or whether you're using it on your computer or on the television or phone or whatever, uh, they're changing, uh, the infrastructure of the network inside of it. So, uh, I think that's going to be pretty cool. They're introducing new tiers. I don't have all the info for that about that yet, but, um, uh, wait, so they're, wait, they're going to have different tiers for the WWE network. Well, they're not changing the prices, but they're like uh, different um, different rollout of different content. Like I mentioned before, maybe more house shows on the network will be streamed. Okay. Um, more documentaries. So uh, I don't have all the answers. That's why I'm trying to remember because I was reading this out in the morning. And um, that's, you know, that's good news because it does need it. The interface needs a revamp. That, talk about feeling clunky. It, that feels a little clunky. Yeah. Uh, before we bring AJ in, um, I want to uh, update everybody what's going on with G1 right now because we're um, past the uh, third of the tournament already. Uh, yesterday's show was day number eight of the G1. Um, eight times nine. So 72 matches already have been done in the uh, G1 tour so far. Block leaders so far, we got Okada and Kenta who are fighting each other this Sunday. Both of them have eight points apiece. Uh, John Moxley is leading the B block right now. He has six points. Uh, no, actually, he has eight points. Uh, he's going to be fighting Tetsuya and Naito. Uh, I know a lot of things with the G1 can be also clunky too because uh, they have a point system. So basically, every person in each block has nine matches. Whoever has the most points out of that, uh, that process, those block winners fight each other in the finals. So that's basically how the G1 works. There's been a lot of crazy matches, man. I'll admit, just from my observations of covering the tournament so far, um, Ishii and John Moxley from last Friday was insane. I, I think that was probably New Japan's best match of the year so far. I'm not going to be throwing stars like I said last week. We don't have to. Uh, we don't have to do the Meltzer stuff. So <laughs> uh, it, it was awesome. Um, you were tossing stars like that dude was sprinkling like salt a couple years ago. That internet, the internet chef that was just like tossing salt out. No stars, no stars, pal. No stars. <laughs> uh, but yet, um, a, a lot of good performances. I mean, uh, uh, Okada's been on a roll. Kenta had a really good match uh, um, a couple weeks ago with Sonata, and just there's been a lot, a lot of good action. Uh, I like it when the faction members get to fight each other in the same block. I think that's pretty cool. Um, I made my opinions already known about Toriano, but. 
that is what it is at this point. But um, Jay White wants to uh, get on a winning streak. He's lost his first three matches of the tournament so far. He's, his big thing now is like he wants to go on a six-match winning streak. So, uh, again, there's been some breakout performances, man, and I've been enjoying a lot of the action. I think uh, a week after the two months over, I'll have a, a podcast uh, where I could break down and just reflect on the, it's literally a month's worth of wrestling action. That's how long the G1 actually is. Uh, so we have three more shows this weekend. So by Monday, I'll be up to 11 uh, G1 shows. And then uh, there's 19 in total. So um, again, just to update everybody that hasn't been able to watch the tournament this weekend, we got Okada versus uh, Kenta. Uh, on Saturday, that's going to be an awesome match. You can also watch those matches on Access TV. You don't only have to get it on New Japan World. Uh, you can watch that stuff on Access TV, so it's pretty cool. And then also on Sunday for the B Block, uh, John Moxley against uh, Tessio Daito. And Juice Robinson's been doing a very good job in the tournament as well. So uh, that's my update for the G1. I know I just said a lot of things. Right now, <laughs> maybe not everybody's been able to catch up with, with the G1. If you want to see my coverage and you get a more clear view of what's happening, uh, check out my website, ProWrestlingTranscriptions.com. So that's our weekly update for the G1. It's been very entertaining. I'll say this, man. The matches this year have been way better uh, than the G1 last year. Uh, this is my experience from covering the – this is my third time covering the tournament. I've This has been my favorite G1 so far, so it's been a lot of fun. Yeah, I haven't seen much of it, and when I say that, I haven't seen any of it. So I'm not gonna try. And, I'm not gonna try and. Uh, there's, I don't. I'm not gonna like open mouth insert foot because you know there's too much of that going on anyway. So yeah, I'm watching. It's no slight on New Japan. It's just a slight on the clock, man. 168 hours, you know. Right. I wanted to say the uh, main WWE TV talk this week for uh, through the eyes of a nine year old. Uh, it's that time of the week, everybody. Everybody's most requested segment of the week. Through the eyes of a nine-year-old. Hello, AJ. How are you doing today? I am doing good. How are you? Wonderful. Yeah. You don't understand how hard it is to be Matt Hardy. <laughs> we watched that the other day, him cutting his grass. <laughs> um, he, he has this thing on Twitter. He wants to free the delete. I, I think he's, like, using social media to make another, like, case as to why he should go back to the broken Mac character. So, good on him. I, it's been entertaining. I, I enjoyed it so far. I liked him running around with the V1 shark for a little while. Yes. Yes. Um, one. We got a lot to get to. We had Raw Reunion on Monday. We got SummerSlam. Which it's in two weeks already, which is crazy. Yeah. Uh, SummerSlam's... This is like the earliest SummerSlam in the 30 years of the pay-per-view. I never ever been this early. It's ridiculous. <laughs> um, also, they announced yesterday, Adam, uh, at NXT, uh, Pete Dunne is fighting Velveteen Dream and Roderick Strong at the TakeOver show. Uh, I did see that clip. Match. Yeah, I saw that clip. It came up on my YouTube suggested videos that Pete Dunne uh, interrupts Velveteen Dream. So, I mean, I'm gonna, when it's Pete Dunne, we're going to watch. Yeah, yeah. Pete the man. Um, AJ, uh, what do you want to start off with this week? Um, so I want to start off with Charlotte and who she's wrestling at SummerSlam. Or is it SummerSlam? Yeah, right? SummerSlam. Yep. Yeah. 
Yeah, so she's wrestling Trish at SummerSlam. That's, that's, the, that's the rumored match. Yeah, it's pretty. Yeah. I, I, I thought it was announced. It looks like it's like rumored, but it's going to be announced. So it's, I don't know. I, I actually Which, thought it came from a, from a WWE feed and it was like officially announced, but it looks like it's just like, no, it's probably going to happen. They just haven't announced it yet. So we'll use the Bruce Pritchard line, uh, rumor and innuendo for now. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so <laughs> let's just assume it is going to happen. Cause it looks like that's where they're going with this. Yeah. If that happens, I I, I I kind of feel bad for Alexa Blitz because she was supposed to fight Trish Stratus at Evolution last year. And now yeah, she I thought about that. The opportunity. That would suck. Um, I, I'm, not, I'm not opposed to the match. I think it would be cool. Uh, Trish Stratus always usually uh, returns for the Toronto shows. So uh, Toronto calls herself the greatest. Uh, what she said on SmackDown, the greatest female wrestler of all the eras. Yes. So... Uh, I, I think it'd be a cool match. Would you guys be up to that or no? Yeah, I'd like it. I'd like it. It would set something up for a evolution, hopefully. If, if but here's the thing: like Trish Stratus, she just points everywhere. She does. She just points and yeah, points. Christian does this all the time and points. <laughs> yeah, everybody has a thing. No, Trish. See, you you didn't get to see a lot of Trish's work because it was in an I just remember Alexa going. Like, yeah, I know that's where I knew exactly where you got that and from. Points. No. Um, <laughs> lot, I mean, where most, is she even pointing? It's yeah, <laughs> a good question. But <laughs> a lot of Trisha's stuff, it, it's it it sucks because like she did such good work in an era that was not necessarily geared for everybody. You know what I mean? So like, there's just it it, it it's unfortunate that even in those eras that you kind of have to be picky and choosy about what matches you decide to show, you know? Yeah. When I first saw Trish Stratus uh, in the WWE, I was like, I don't know, seven or eight at the time. What? Uh, she was a manager for a tag team called TNA. Thinking <laughs> 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 about it 20 years later. <laughs> okay, watch this. Here's here's TNA. where it clicks with, with, you know, talk about wrestling through the eyes of a nine-year-old. Mm-hmm. Uh, when you're playing 2K, you know who Matt Bloom is? No. He's the backstage guy. Oh, uh, Matt Bloom, Matt Bloom, Matt Bloom, yeah. Okay. Prince Albert. There you go. He was Albert. He was yeah. the guy in, T- in the team. He was Albert. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. So Trisha's yeah. original gig was managing him and a gentleman called Test. They were a tag team. Yeah. And um, and guess what? He manages me now. Matt Bloom? Yeah, he manages me on 2K. Nice. I think he manages everybody on 2K. <laughs> <laughs> he does. He manages me in WWE Universe. Or not universe, my player. Whatever. Let's keep going. All right. Uh, is Becky on the cover of the game this year? I don't did know if they asked anything about that. Yeah, I didn't see if they did a cover reveal or anything like that yet. No, I did not see. I know that she's the cover on LMS though on Suit WWE um, Supercard. Most, most people have no idea what that means. <laughs> uh, so WWE you- Supercard. It's a wonderful fun game. I was telling your dad before we came on air today that uh, Becky's in the middle of the SummerSlam poster this year, which is pretty cool. So uh, it's out on Instagram if anybody wants to check it out. Um, she put it on social media and put all the men. Yeah, that, that's pretty funny. I saw that. <laughs> um, all right. Raw reunion was Monday. I'm going to give my thoughts in a little bit, but uh, AJ, I want to get your thoughts on Bray Wyatt using Mick Foley's mandible claw on Mick Foley. What did you think about that? That was pretty interesting, and I'm glad that they're using Bray. So, and Bray's, and Bray's going to have an, 
And well, the Fiend hopefully is going to have an actual match at SummerSlam. Hopefully, yes. that's what I'm going to say. Yeah, and but I actually with- like that they used McFoley's move on McFoley. Right, Adam. What did you think about that segment? So, are, is he going to use the mandible claw now, or is that just like a one-off? I don't know. I, I'm not opposed to it. Yeah, <laughs> I always well. told you, man. I always told you Bray Wyatt reminds me a lot of Big Foley. Well, everyone needs a impact <laughs> move, and everyone needs a submission. You know, and technically, I guess that's like a you know the submission he could use. Uh, you know, he could use Sister Abigail still as the as his impact uh, finisher because they always have to have one of each. Um, I, I I wouldn't be opposed to him using it. I like what they did on SmackDown, though, where they kind of had – and I'm, I, I'm interested. I, I want to see what you guys think about this. Okay. I want the day when they have a promo when The Fiend gets somebody – and I'm sure it's probably coming before SummerSlam, but The mm-hmm. Fiend attacks Balor, and then Bray's Firefly Funhouse kind of, like, starts up while Balor's, like, still on the ground and stuff like that. You know, so you have yeah. The Fiend in the ring, and you have, you, you have, you have Bray on the screen, and you kind of have both entities present at the same time. Yeah. That's a good idea. That, that, that's a really good idea. And I really thought it was cool that they had an impromptu uh, Firefly Funhouse right off the bat like that. I, they didn't even advertise it. I didn't think he was going to be on the show on Tuesday. So I thought it was cool as opposed to just doing a recap of what Bray did on Monday that they've been doing the last month or two. So right, that, that's a really cool idea, actually. I'm not opposed to that. Um, they did announce on SmackDown that The Fiend will be making its debut uh, against Finn Balor at SummerSlam. So yep. uh, that's added onto the show. Um, what else I was going to mention? Now, is he always going to – and this is what I, I can't wait to see going forward. And this is where, you know, I want to see if he always wrestles as, as The Fiend or if sometimes he wrestles as, you know, Bray Wyatt. Are we supposed to call him The Fiend Bray Wyatt? Is it is it two different personalities? Is it – you know what I mean? Like this is where kind of works. Is The Fiend even going to come on SummerSlam? Yes. yes. Like it no, – Yes. It's there, you know, so yes. I want to see what The Fiend's entrance is going to be actually. I, I don't mind what they've been doing where they turn the lights out and they have the screechy voices in the back, but I, the actual Fiend entrance, as opposed to the original Bray Wyatt entrance, I want to see how they do that. I think this would be pretty cool, actually. Yeah, and like, for, are they going to have music? Like, what is this? There are so many different ways they could go. Yeah. All right. Uh, let's talk about Kevin Owens. Kevin Owens, um, challenge Shane McMahon or Shane Meek Mahan uh, to a match at SummerSlam. Kevin Owens said if he loses the match, he'll quit WWE. Adam, last week I know you were saying that you love what Kevin Owens has been doing over the last couple weeks. I agree with you. AJ, what do you think about uh, Owens' storyline with Shane McMahon so far? I think it's pretty awesome, if you ask me. Because, let's face it, he is right. What He said either... The, like a couple weeks, I think it was a couple weeks ago. He's yeah. right. Like the McMahon family said that they're going to do what the audience wants and what the crowd wants, but they've been doing exactly what the audience doesn't want. <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, you got to create a villain. Yeah. <laughs> got to create a villain. Yeah, um, but the villain was one who said he was going to follow what the audience wanted. Are you all not picking up on which this? Which is what makes him the bad guy. You can't tr- you can't trust the McMahon on television. He said, "Yeah, I hear you. I just don't care." <laughs> um, you know where I'm at with this. I and I, I I love the story. I love everything about what's going on with Shane. 
and Kevin Owens. Um, and I mean, Shane McMahon in general. I just, and we heard it again Tuesday night. As soon as they start with the best in the world stuff, you get CM Punk chance. You know, yeah. and I just want them to, st- I want the chance to stop. And that's all, they're just annoying as hell to me. And, and that's what irritates me about this because it's, they could have waited five more years to, to run with somebody as the best, you know, fans. And it's, it's, again, it's, it's, it's us as fans because the Thanos blip happened and then, you know, everybody's just kind of stuck where they were five years ago. And nobody really remembers, you know, nobody, everyone forgets that that time has passed and a lot of other things have happened since then. So, um, I don't know. I just think that was a, you know, I I understand they're trying to take it back, so to speak, but I I just. If Shane McMahon comes out to cult of personality at Survivor Series, since it's going to be here, I don't know what I'm going to (laughs) do. I died. Won't happen. That won't happen. Um, especially because I'm sure they only bought that for a certain amount of time too, and licensing and stuff like that. And, you know, um, but yeah, I can't. That's only that. That and then at that point, you're just begging the fans to like. Hey, you remember when uh, Big? Uh, you remember uh, John Laurinaitis coming out doing that entrance? Mm-hmm. Uh, they had that uh, suggestion video. Um, <laughs> Big Johnny, that guy's a trip, man. Um, I, I was surprised he wasn't on the show on Monday, actually. And actually, to your point last week about Nikki Bella not being able to give us like some sort of speech, I'm surprised the Bella twins weren't on there either. Yeah, they were not. Uh, John Cena was there, though. Um, John Cena was there. <laughs> Which is probably why Nikki Bella wasn't there. Good point. Or if Nikki Bella was there, John yeah. Cena wouldn't be there. Wouldn't Very good point, AJ. <laughs> but how do you know John Cena was there? You couldn't see him. We're not going to play out a 15-year-old joke. And what I, I don't mean age-wise. I mean, that joke's been beat to death for 15 <laughs> years. <laughs> I was still in elementary school when they were doing that damn joke. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, John Cena had a segment with the Usos, and later on this week, uh, uh, what John Cena called them out actually happened in real life. Um <laughs> Uh, for those who don't know, Jimmy Uso got arrested earlier today um, to a DUI. Um, I was talking about this with Adam before he came out today. Talk about living your actual gimmick. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> I'm saying out of, you know, I, I, I didn't say much about it. Wait, he got arrested uh, today? I don't know. I don't care. It was funny. I got a push notification. It said WWE star gets DUI. And I just, I swiped it away. I didn't even like whatever. I, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, I stay out of the personal stuff. Right. I'm not, not going to catch the Spurs. I just thought it was interesting. John C. was like, how uh, how was it getting arrested? And then the, one of the dudes get arrested like four days later. Like, what the hell, man? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's it's definitely – I think that's what two this year. So, I mean, it's obviously something. But, but as fans, that's not our business. That's the one thing yeah. I hate about, like um, – not obviously not what we're talking about, but – where the wrestling news cycle can sometimes go. You know what I mean? Because with all the great stuff that's going on. They go um, overboard sometimes. With the- well, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, I mean, yeah, it was a line, and there's there's happenstance. But, you know, I mean, hell, I mean, at the same time, and this, is, like, this isn't for own shade, but Jeff Hardy got arrested a week after the storyline was yeah. he left WWE because the straight-edge savior, you know, like, banished him. But, you know, basically, like, you know what I mean? So it's yeah. – I think sometimes just happenstance happens and nobody should be held accountable for that kind of stuff. Here's the state of wrestling reporting. And thank God I don't watch. Uh, thank God I don't read as much uh, dirt sheets anymore. Um, 
they had a thing where headline Kevin Owens to AEW, and it's something about Brandy Rose commenting under uh, a picture that Kevin Owens' wife put on Instagram. They went to uh, some type of concert. Oh, they went to see the Rolling Stones at uh, at the Jaguar Stadium, right? And Brandy Rose is like, man, I wish I was there. And they spin that to, oh, possibly Kevin Owens going to AEW. Like, where do you get that from? Uh-huh. Like, um, where do you get that rationale from? Probably because of the storyline. I don't know. Because it feels like this is either one of those, like, I don't know where Kevin Owens is with his contract. You know, but if he would, it, again, it's what, he resigned last year. I could did be he resign? Yeah. I so think. he's locked in. So this is all, all storyline as it is. Yes. Um, so then... Fans are just playing right into their uh, into their hands. Hook, line, and seeker. Um, AJ, anything else stood out for you from Monday for the Raw reunion? Um, let's see. So the Raw reunion. Here's my thing. Why was Alicia such a big part of it? I thought she would still like some. I didn't think that she would be a part of the Raw reunion. Because, like, on the WWE website, it says, all these people are blah, 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 right. mailing all man, blah, 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 Alicia Fox. Then it went to, like, um, Macho, or not Macho Man, that was dumb of me to say, Hulk Hogan. <laughs> I didn't mean to say Macho Man. I always say Macho Man instead of Hulk Hogan from time to time. But, um, but yeah, and it's like, but Alicia Fox is still wrestling, right? <laughs> I thought she was fired. I, and, <laughs> and when did she become a legend? <laughs> I get. Well, I guess they must. They said it that day, right? Because the one thing I did see was like she. They. I guess they did. They slatter her into the legend side of things now because she was like tweeting with like legend status. I always. I saw someone on Instagram. I follow uh, the Black Wrestling Alliance, and they they post a lot about different like black wrestlers and stuff like that. And I think it was just kind of explaining the, the scenario. And I only got bits and pieces. I skimmed it. Um, if and if there's any Scott Pilgrim fans out there, um, uh-huh. kind of just skimmed it. But um, I, I, I think it was more of like she's like not active anymore. She's in legend status. I know she. I know she got in trouble a few months ago because she wrestled uh, intoxicated at a house show. Um, oh, so well, it, it's yeah. a strange situation. <laughs> um, it was nice to see Melina though. I, I haven't seen her on television in almost a decade. So, so was- why wait, are people going nuts though about Randy Orton? Well, Randy Orton's going to leave too because he, him, and Will Ospreay tweeted back and forth oh, and it said Orton yeah. versus Ospreay twenty twenty, like you know, or June twenty twenty is you know, how come people aren't blowing that up and out of proportion? Um, that was a good back and forth though. It was awesome. It was <laughs> unbelievably awesome. I'm surprised more people aren't talking about that. You know what I mean? Like that's. I did catch that one. Was like, wow, this is that's one that hooked me. It was like, wait a minute, I don't know if this is kayfabe or if they're, they're just whatever. This is cool. What, one thing we always know about Randy Orton, he does not care about right. anything. Right. So, <laughs> uh, you're going to get no filter, Randy Orton, whether you're a fan of him or not. So. Let me ask you guys: uh, Would you guys like to see Randy Orton go to like a New Japan Pro for a year just to see? You know, like imagine him, uh, him versus versus. Um, well, that's right for you. Uh, Osprey is one, but I'm just trying to think of some of the other names Tanahashi, out there. Um, Tanahashi. Tanahashi. Um, the Rainmaker. Juice. Juice Robinson. Um, Jay White. It'd be fun. There'd be some good matches. Yeah. I think Randy Orton would be able to go extreme, too. I think he does want to do, like, extreme matches. Oh, he'll bleed, yeah. I don't think yeah. Orton has a problem bleeding. Yeah. 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 Like, he would be a good one to go against John Moxley, maybe. Oh, God. Yeah, but then it, it, it would feel like WWE again, right? 
No. Or maybe not. No. Not to me, at least. Fair. Um, yeah, I wouldn't mind seeing Randy or New Japan. I think he'd do a really good job there, actually. Yeah, like, well, well, like eight months. Like eight, you know, when they say that certain wrestlers from Japan leave the promotion, they call it an excursion. Like uh, uh, Randy Orton can have that uh, WWE excursion for eight months and then he could come back. Mm-hmm. Not a bad idea, actually. I mean, it's. I think Orton's talented enough, and I mean, I I would want to see him in like in a, in a selfish way, and I don't think WWE would look at it as like a like Randy Orton like leaving WWE like forever or anything like that. But yeah. um, I think Orton's one of those guys that you always do have those dream matches for in other promotions, and and you know a lot of us are like, oh, well, we're sick of Randy Orton. Well, in a way, it's because he's been, and, and and again, this isn't bashing, but. He's been kind of stuck underneath WWE's thumb on what he can and can't do. And maybe an unleashed Viper would be something really, really interesting to see, you know? Yeah. Well, here's the thing. Uh, it would help Randy Orton for, for him to do something different for his career, but it wouldn't affect WWE in a way if he left the company, though. You no, know? and can you imagine some of it? Like, the way New Japan does their post-match, like, pressers and stuff like that, like, just Randy Orton just being able to kind of cut oh. loose. They'd be so, it would be so, so, so... I, would, I mean, like, take my money, please. I'm, I'm glad you brought that up because Moxley had one yesterday, and he's like, can you guys get some fucking air conditioners? <laughs> That's awesome. He, he was complaining about the uh, the the humidity and the, the buildings they've been performing in so far. <laughs> it, was, it was really funny. Um, he has, like, um, he has one of the young lions as his, like, protege. His name's uh, Shota Umino. He calls him Shooter now. That's his nickname. So. Gotcha. Uh, Moxie's been doing some good stuff on New Japan. Uh, AJ, what did you think about the 24-7 title uh, kind of getting tossed around a I bunch of different places? Ju- I was just about to mention that. There we go. So so we were about to see. So we saw some women hold it, and we were about to see Alondra Blaze third away. So I thought, oh, wait, WWE came to their senses and realized that nobody likes the freaking 24-7 title. So I think they, we do, though. So they were just going to throw it away because we realized that we don't like Because <laughs> they realized that nobody likes the 24-7 title. Speak for yourself, man. I like it. Plus, like it. and then, Ted DiBiase literally pays Alondra Blaze money just for <laughs> the freaking thing. She's the million-dollar man. But he didn't even freaking pin her. It, I'm just upset he didn't have Dracula's cape on this time, like when he went oh, to pick boy. up the million-dollar title. Yeah, true, but here's the thing. Here's the thing. He didn't even freaking pin her, so it's not even freaking official. Well, it is official. Everybody has a price. Everybody's got a price. He bought the he bought the WWE title. (laughs) Okay. That's what he does. (laughs) Okay. And then we saw um, what's his name? Was it Drake Maverick? Drake White. Let me let me. I guess the reason why I brought it up to get you on point here is. You've been complaining since its inception that a female competitor has not held that title. So no, now I you have not. I said it one time because I was cranky. <laughs> Jeez. Um, but I so now you have. Ha- <laughs> so now you have. A, now you have a, a bunch. Now you've had a couple different women hold it in one night, and then you know. Do you think that'll open up for opportunities later on now, so that like Carmelo could could have it and it'll make sense? Or how um, about Drake Maverick's wife? I was gonna say Drake Maverick's wife. What's and, and I'm, I'm what's her name? Renee. Renee. I was gonna say Renee, but I didn't want to misconstrue with Renee Young either. So you know, mm-hmm. um, do you think now they'll start to do it where 
Yes. Okay. There we and go. here's the thing. Even like people, and this is going to sound weird, but people that can't wrestle anymore, for example, like people like, let's say, Corey Graves, and I'm just using this as an example, guys, like Leader or something, right. or Edge, like they can't take hits or like anything like that, but they can still get it and lose it because they don't have to take hits. They just have to be pinned. Correct. Right. Exactly. Correct. It would be a great way to put a title on Graves, just so at least he had a title. Yeah. Not yeah. to not to show for Corey Graves like I always do around this time, but there's nothing wrong with it. Just tossing <laughs> it out there. And, I mean, it's the Dad, best in the game, man. And Dad, you really like Edge, so I mean that would be a good way to put give Edge. I love Edge, one more but title. yeah, but I don't think he needs it. Yeah. Edge already has enough titles, I think. But also, I also hope Christian would get it. Why was <laughs> yeah? Uh, why wasn't he at the Raw reunion with Christian? I don't know. That's a good question. Well, Edge was a big SmackDown guy. I think that's why. You always like associate Edge with SmackDown in a way. I think I think Edge will be at the um, SmackDown uh, 20, uh, 20th anniversary show. In okay, he'll probably be there. There you go. See, I didn't even that. Oh, that's right. Because yeah, it would be twenty years. Yeah. Okay. Wait, twenty years of SmackDown soon? Correct. Yep. That's a nine to nine. Um. What was I going to mention? Um, When's that going to be? Like late August, early September, something like that? No, it's uh, October. The pilot was in August. Um, gotcha. Okay. Yeah, the TV show started in October. Um, didn't Truth and Carmella run away or drove away with Renee in the limo? Carmella stayed back because she was standing over Drake Maverick because Truth dove in. So Truth and Renee drove away. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah. So, um, so Drake Maverick lost his baby and his wife, of course. Also ooh, missing. I got an idea. What if Truth and Carmella have a mixed tag team match with Drake and Renee at SummerSlam? I thought about that. That'd be cool. I also have a feeling they're just trying to get Truth to be a 16 time uh, 24-7 champion. Yeah, <laughs> what is he's up to like nine or ten now, isn't he? Yeah, yeah something like that. Raven was like a twenty-five time hardcore right. champion. So, <laughs> oh god, who? Raven. 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 <laughs> exactly. What about Raven? <laughs> Nevermore. No, I love Raven. Man. Who? I love Raven. Who the heck is Raven? Scott. Scott. Yeah, it's, we'll have to go back on some ECW stuff. Okay. Raven was an awesome character. Okay. Uh, what was I gonna say? Um. Oh, Drake Maverick's having an unsanctioned fight with Mike Kanellis on 205 Live next week. So, um, it's just an idea. If Drake Maverick's going to be doing more wrestling, why not have the mixed taxi match? It's not a bad idea. You could do yeah, it on Raw. You could do it at SummerSlam. You could do it whenever. So, Yeah, I thought about that. That yeah. wouldn't be a bad way to put that title on the card, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Anybody can win. Anybody can win that match. Whoever gets the pinfall wins the title. Right. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Um, last thing we'll talk about for Raw reunion. Uh, Stone Cold Steve Austin got to close out the show. Uh, talked he about was some how, Steve Weiser's deep, wasn't he? Yeah, was he, he was freaking all day. That's the Stone Cold we love. <laughs> yeah. uh, Stone Cold. Um, after Hulk Hogan had his soliloquy, um, <laughs> Stone Cold uh, got to close off the show and uh, talked about how everybody was family and he had. He seemed like the best part of it to me. I don't know how you felt about this guy's. I thought he was having a blast. He, yes. was, he was speaking from the heart, and he was having fun as the show went off air. What did you guys debate? What do you guys think about what Stone Cold did on Monday? I liked what he did on Monday for sure. Everybody was having beers. 
Yeah. Except for X-Pac. He just had a water bottle. I respect he, that so yes. much. He need it right now. <laughs> yeah. No, because well, no, when you when you have to stay clean, you stay sober. And that's, I, I respect the hell out of that. I thought that was mm-hmm. totally awesome. You know, some people can't even be in that environment. You know, it's, yeah. So for him to be able to still go out there and, and you know, that, that shows how far along Waltman's come, man. Like it's, it's so underappreciated in the wrestling world. Um, but you were right. Everyone was having a beer with Stone yeah. Cold because everybody right. should have a beer with Stone Cold. I don't even like to drink beer anymore, um, but I would still have a beer with Stone Cold. I wouldn't because... Well, you're nine. Well, I so. know, but even when, <laughs> even when I'm around 21 and up, I would never, ever freaking have a beer with Stone Cold. Well, I hope it stays that way. Do you know why? Because I'm never going to drink a beer in my freaking life. That's the goal. That's I'm what we hope. I'm never going to drink alcohol. That's the goal. Ever. That's what we hope. Yep. That's what we hope for. Ever. <laughs> like this got turned into a PSA for the straight edge society. Um, it was, it was, it was oh, great yeah. seeing Stone Cold. Yeah, right. It was great seeing Stone Cold back though, and, and like, and you're right. Stone Cold was definitely in a rare form, just outing everybody for drinking all night and stuff. Like, it's just, it, it was one of those cool off the cuffs. You could tell just kind of moments. To, and we always talk about the moments, right? That's yeah. what, what makes wrestling great. Is like the sometimes just the moments. I thought that was a cool moment. There's yeah. also two things that stood out for me from SmackDown this week. Um, the Miz TV with Shawn Michaels and Dolph Ziggler was really good. I really enjoyed that. Um, I don't know if Dolph is fighting Shawn Michaels. I don't think that's the case. Um, but um, the other thing, uh, I we were talking about Radio or- Orton earlier. Um, I thought his segment with Kofi Kingston was really good as well. There were some really, awesome. really good promos on SmackDown this week. Yeah, okay. yeah. Orton and Kofi was really good. Something else I caught that maybe it was just just said to to say, but after they had the little skirmish in the ring, and, and the, they're called the OC now, the club yeah. is the OC. Yeah, really, they're really. You got to give them the club. you got to give them the weakest name possible. Like the OC is nothing. It was that's where Detective James Gordon got his uh, start in like a little teen romance show from the mid two thousands. The uh-huh. OC. That's all I'll ever be able to think of. And you really had to call what was supposed to be this mean faction, the OC. But anyway, the um, original club man. I, did you hear them on the way out yelling at Michaels? I, we'll, we'll see. We'll I, we'll find you at NXT or we'll get you at NXT or something like that. Hear out on this. Mm. It, it's it, it'll never happen in a million years. But wouldn't it be so so cool? To have like the the OC or the club or whatever we're gonna call them as fans, um, just one day show up at an NXT event and like take out Undisputed Era or something, and like it, or like vice versa, you know, you know what I mean? Like, and I know I'm. It's just like, but you've been it, on you've been on this Undisputed Era club thing for the last couple yeah years. yeah I, have. <laughs> I, I kind of have I kind I've kind of have a couple different things where I'd like, what I'd like to see happen with Undisputed Era. Either they get called up together, or if like somebody has to come in and Adam Cole just gets caught up or something like I, I, I'd, I'd like to see something happen with undisputed, but in a way it would be, it'd be something that we've never seen before. It'd be something, you know, at least on WWE television, it would be something cool. Then that way it would get maybe uh, some of the more casual fans, a little more familiar with the undisputed era with Adam Cole. Um, it'll make you want to watch NXT more. I mean, there's something that yeah. there could be some, you know, and I don't think it'll ever happen. I think it was just said just to kind of like say, you know, um, just but, for fans to go nuts. Yeah, for us to basically sit here and talk about it. Yeah. You know? Oh, uh, and here's one thing. I'll put the OC in perspective for you. Oh, God. Okay. So, they got it probably from saying OG, the OG. So the OGs. The OC. Right. So, instead of original gangsters, it's the original club. I, I get it. 
But I'm always going to think of, like, Orange what is it, Orange County. Wasn't that what it was? Don't remind me. Uh, I used to watch that crap a lot when I was younger. Please. One of my boys watched it religiously. <laughs> I saw. They're, I think they're rebooting, or maybe they're rebooting Hills, because he used to watch that, too. And I sent him a text. He's like, yeah, yo. They're rebooting the Yeah, movie. so you, you keeping up with Lauren S. or whatever. Whatever the piano was. Was that one? Cavallari. <laughs> what was it? Was it Lauren or Lauren Conrad, right? Was it? Yeah. Was that, okay, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know. There we go. Yeah. <laughs> it's my pop culture references for today. Yeah. Oh, and here's and here's something about you saying earlier about people getting rust and stuff. Whenever you said you don't like going, watching wrestlers' lives or like none wrestlers' real lives, freaking you're the one who watches Ms. and Mrs. It's a reality show. They're putting it on TV. It's not talk, It's not a TMZ dirt sheet talking about somebody's slip-ups in real life. <laughs> There's a huge difference. A huge, huge difference. One, they're allowing you a peek. It's a scripted show into their like quasi-scripted like lives for that half hour. Correct. Versus real life troubles that I don't think are any of our business. I guess. Yeah. I guess that's my perspective on that. What about the Marshall GPS? I thought that was pretty funny. It's I had that's it. I didn't know you could do that. I want that so bad. <laughs> Not maybe Marjo's voice, not necessarily. I mean, you know, not, not you know. Maybe Piper. He's hilarious. Nah. He's hilarious. Oh, th- dude, that show's great. <laughs> uh, George, uh, I-, I can't wait till they get to the episodes where they actually have George prepare for what you did at WrestleMania. Oh, my God. That's going to be hilarious. <laughs> I like them. Uh, I like them showing that Woods was involved, like, you know, Xavier Woods was involved with, like, the mm-hmm. whole up, up, down, down stuff. I thought that was a nice little, um, there's some nice synergy going on right there. Synergy. You know. Hey, um, was there anything else you wanted to talk about this week? Um, no, other than I'm cold right now. You're cold? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know how to follow that one up. <laughs> yeah, middle of summertime. Feels it's good. No, nah, it feels good for a change. It was like in the 90s and like disgusting for a okay. good couple of days. Now it's like in the 70s. It's gorgeous. And it's cold. Ain't nobody got time for humidity. That stuff is. Mm-mm. No, thank you. <laughs> Hell hath no fury like a woman scorned for Sega. But yep. it's Rats joke. Yep. <laughs> but uh, by the way, uh, Bray White just uh, put out "Happy Birthday, Finn." <laughs> oh, jeez. Is Finn Balor's birthday? Yes, it is. Oh, it's Shawn Michaels' birthday at some point this week. Like, I think on Mondays, Tuesday or something. It was his birthday. WWE put something on YouTube about it. There we go. All kinds of birthdays. My little cousin Tommy just turned 20 the other day. Now I'm starting to feel old. Oh, don't even start with that old stuff. What? Okay, how old are you? I'm 25. Okay, then Diamond's only five freaking years older than him. Time goes by fast. You'll you'll realize it. That you will see as you get older. But time goes by fast. It seemed like, like... Like a day ago, it was like my last day of school, and that was freaking like a couple months ago. Yeah, wait till you have a nine year old about to be 10. I know, my birthday is going by so freaking fast. Ugh. <laughs> All right. AJ, any final last words? Bye. That's bye my bye. final last word. Bye. Bye bye. Someone's moody today. I'm cold. Bye. Ha, <laughs> <laughs>
All right, guys. Um, we're about to uh, wrap things up. Um, I want to thank you guys so much for checking out the show. As always, uh, make sure to um, listen to the show where it's Apple Podcasts, uh, Spotify, or Stitcher. Um, make sure to um, check out my website, ProWrestlingTranscriptions.com, if you want to check out what's going on with the G1. Um, also, uh, Saturday, there's going to be a one-hour live feed of the house show in Nashville. It's called WWE Smackville. I'm going to be doing that on Saturday. Uh, I don't have much going on Saturday, so might as well uh, sneak in some wrestling, right? So, <laughs> um, Besides that, man, uh, make sure to leave us a four- or five-star rating on Apple Podcasts. It helps expand the reach of the show. And uh, you can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at the Hoots Podcast, as on Instagram at Adam Daily Thirteen. Um, brother, any final words before we head off this week? Yeah, probably something more important than anything else in the world. We're one month and five days away from a new Tool album, and you yeah. bastards better be getting excited. Mm-hmm. You better be ready. And we'll leave it at that. We'll get some new songs to learn on the guitar too. I can't wait to listen to it. Cannot wait for that album. All right, for aging and the Cloud Prince, I'm Josh. You thank you guys so much for checking out episode 165 of the Hoots Podcast. Uh, before you know, it'll be SummerSlam week, so we'll get ready for that. And uh, we'll have some more wrestling to talk about in the coming weeks. I'll let you guys know what's going to happen as far as our recording. Uh, screw Google Hangouts, by the way. Let's just get that out of the way. Anyways, we're out. <laughs> you guys have. I hope you guys have a wonderful weekend, and we'll talk to you guys next week. Peace.